62. All do justice to this renowned institution, in every way. It is kept in advance of the age. The staff of physicians and nurses spare no pains to make the visit of everyone pleasant as well as beneficial in the highest degree. I would urge all sufferers afflicted as I was, or with any chronic disease, to avail themselves, without delay, of the skillful treatment to be obtained of the specialists of the world's dispensary medical association, for I am confident that they will receive all the benefit that can be obtained from medical or surgical treatment and care. Yours truly, CHAs, HPO Wiley, Fort Benton, Shoto Company, Montana, VARICOCLE. Spent 500 with other doctors to no purpose. Bryson, Jack Company, Texas, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY. Gentlemen, I had been troubled with varicocele for nine years, and had given up ever being cured. After spending 500.00 with medical quacks, I then went to the World's Dispensary Medical Association as a last resort. One of their skillful surgeons performed an operation upon me which was entirely painless. I conversed with several other patients, who had the same disease. They seemed happy to know that there was such an institution that could relieve suffering humanity. The surgeons and nurses were so good and kind to us and gave us the best of attention and even the patients had a very fraternal feeling toward each other. Your institution is finely equipped and has the best of accommodations. Accept my thanks. Yours truly, A.D. Bryson a bad case. World's Dispensary Medical Association. 663 Main Street Buffalo, NY, gentlemen I have been cured of an almost lifelong difficulty by the skill of your specialist, and heartily thank you for the successful manner in which the operation was performed in my case, the result is complete and perfect relief, and as time advances I can each day more fully appreciate the value of your institution, the time spent there I shall never forget, as it was a time of extreme pleasure to me. The operation was perfectly painless and did not confine me to my bed, and this taken with the extreme kindness of everyone connected with the institution, made the time pass in a very happy manner. I consider your hotel first class in every respect, and would heartily advise all sufferers from chronic ailments to visit you before giving up their cases as hopeless. Respectfully yours, H.C. Decker, Dresbach, Winona Company Men, VARICOCLE caused from strain, Montague. Sussex Company and J. World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen in reply to your inquiry concerning my treatment, I cheerfully give you the following testimonial, I was troubled for many years with a very bad varicocele, which I received when a boy while jumping, the complaint troubled me exceedingly, I tried almost every known means to effect a cure, but with no avail, for the more I doctored the more aggravated became the disease. After thus suffering for many years and knowing of the fame your institution had attained in curing such diseases, I at last consulted your specialist in that class of diseases was operated upon and returned home in ten days. A sound and well man, I can recommend your institution to all suffering humanity as the most homelike. Your nurses the most attentive and specialists the most skillful the world can offer. May you long be the benefactors of mankind. Yours truly. FL Van NVARICOCLE, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen the result of your operation, performed one year and a half ago for a case of varicocele of 12 years standing, and which had troubled me very much, has cured me entirely, I am thankful to God that he put it into my mind to visit your surgical institute, I cannot recommend your skill too highly, yours truly, education HMAHNKN, Smith, 
Petty's Company Mo. Vario Medora. Billings Company and Doc. World's Dispensary Medical Association. Buffalo. NY. Gentlemen having been operated upon at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute. Buffalo. NY for the radical cure of a varicose on the left side from which I suffered for years. I take pleasure in certifying to the speedy and certain relief afforded, and the painless operation, as performed by the surgeon of the World's Dispensary Medical Association. Ten days from the time of the operation I returned home permanently cured. I desire to express my thanks to the medical staff for their skill and attention. Gratefully yours, Geo. I'll read a strong endorsement. To whom it may concern, this is to certify that I took treatment at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, Buffalo. NY and I was cured of a chronic trouble that had been maltreated by other physicians. While there I saw a man who had been cured by the specialists, who had before been given up to die by the best doctors in Troy. NY. Of course, the case must have been a very stubborn one. I afterwards saw a man here, in Georgia, die, who, if he had been in Pierce's Surgical Institute under the treatment and care of his skilled doctors and nurses, I know would have most assuredly got well. Why? because it was only a cage of stone in the bladder, and they are easily cured at Drive Pierce's Surgical Institute. I think almost any chronic disease can be cured there, if taken in time. Judging from my observations while an inmate of that institution, H-E-B-A and K-S-D-O-N, Barnesville, Pike Company G-A, H-Y-D-R-O-C-A-L-E, O-R dropsy of the scrotum. This malady consists of a collection of water in the tunic of vaginales, or membranous sac which contains the testicles. It may affect either one or both sides, in health the sac-like covering, or investing membrane, of the testicle secretes a limpid fluid which lubricates its inner surface, when secreted in excess, it accumulates and constitutes hydrocele, the tumor commences at the bottom of the scrotum and grows very gradually, while hernia, or rupture, with which it is often confounded, progresses from above downwards and makes its appearance suddenly, we were recently consulted by an aged gentleman, whose disease a distinguished surgeon had pronounced double hernia. On examining the enlargement, we found the disease to be dropsy of the scrotum, complicated with varicocele. Causes. Injuries from blows or bruises are among the most common causes of this disease. It may also result from inflammation of the testicle or from excited action in those parts. It has been known to result from stricture of the urethra, or water passage, and also from local irritation along that passage. H-Y-D-R-O-C-A-L-E, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, N-Y, dear sirs in answer to inquiries will say, that any person afflicted as I was, I would advise them not to listen to any ordinary doctor, but leave at once for the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, Buffalo, N-Y where he could get the best of treatment and attendance that money could procure, the table also is loaded with the best of fruits, vegetables, and the finest meats of the markets. Respectfully, H. H. Williams, St. Augustine, Florida, H. Y. D. R. O. C. A. L. E., World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, N. Y., gentlemen without solicitation, but simply to aid suffering humanity, I take pleasure in recommending your place to any suffering from hydrocele. I was cured in a short time, after having the hydrocele for 18 years, your new process is painless, no knife being used and is certain, sure and safe. With many good wishes of success, I am, yours truly, David Flynn, Engineer, SFNWRE, Waycross, Wear Company GA, HEMADOCLEOR Ruptured Veins.
World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen I was afflicted with hematocele of large size, caused by an injury, for which home treatment gave me no relief. Hearing of your invalid's hotel I went there and had an operation performed for its cure. I had the greatest confidence in your specialists, as the operation was a perfect success. It was perfectly painless, and I was able to go home in less than two weeks with the cure complete. I take pleasure in certifying to the good work you are doing, with the best of feeling toward the Invalid's Hotel. I am, yours truly, Don Parker, P.O. Box 155, Oakfield, Genesee Company and THYDROCALE with VARICOCALE, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen about five years ago. Having been a patient at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute and undergone a painless operation for the cure of hydrocele and varicocele which was performed to my entire satisfaction, I desire to express my thanks to the medical staff for their skillful treatment of my case. Two weeks from the time of the operation I returned home, radically and permanently cured. I recommend all similarly afflicted to consult the World's Dispensary Medical Association. Yours truly, Daniel Huntington. Herein. Beagle Company So, Doc, 22 years standing and successfully treated by others, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen I wish to acknowledge that you have cured me of the worst case that ever came within my knowledge, it having afflicted me 22 years, after I had suffered much from other surgeons without any cure being effected, and with only relief for a short time, you performed a not only painless but very scientific operation and with medicine completed the cure. It is now five years since you treated me and no symptoms of the disease had shown themselves. I will also add that while with you at the Invalids Hotel I received the best of care and attention from the well-trained nurses in your employ, for all of which I feel grateful. With respect and best wishes, Edwin L. Waters, Athol Center, Mass, the Urinary Organs, Their Anatomy, Physiology and Pathology. By reference to figure 1 the reader will get a good understanding of the relative positions of the kidneys, bladder, and adjacent organs, the kidneys. It is hardly necessary to discuss the minute structure of these organs in a book intended for the non-professional reader. The function of the kidneys is to remove certain waste materials from the blood, as fast as excreted by the kidneys. The urine passes through the ureters, of which there are two, one leading from each kidney, into the bladder. The ureters are lined with a continuation of the mucous membrane, reflected from the bladder upwards, and this lining also extends to the cavities of the kidneys, calculi or gravel, and stones, forming, as they sometimes do, in the kidneys, and passing down through these delicate and sensitive canals, cause excruciating pain. The symptoms of renal calculi passing from a kidney to the bladder are, as already indicated, severe cutting pain in the loins, and along the ureter attended with considerable fever, a very rough stone, such, for instance, as a mulberry calculus, passes with considerable difficulty, and the patient is often suddenly seized with excruciating agony in the loins and in the groin, the pain also shooting down into the testicle of the corresponding side, often causing it to retract, there is usually, also, sympathetic pain shooting down the thigh, we have seen patients roll on the floor in the greatest agony, Cold sweat meanwhile pouring down their faces, when thus suffering, the patient may also vomit violently, through nervous sympathy, the urine is apt to be bloody, and there is a constant desire to pass it, there is pain in the end of the penis, and also in the lower portion of the abdomen, the bladder, 
This is a sac, or reservoir, to receive and hold the urine as it comes from the kidneys through the ureters. Its walls are partly composed of muscle, and partly of a lining mucous membrane. The muscular coating is external, and it is by its contraction that the urine is expelled. When empty, the bladder shrinks down to a small size, as compared with its distended condition. When filled, it is capable of holding about one pint. If it is distended by the retention of urine much beyond this capacity, the muscular coats lose their force, and often the urine cannot be passed naturally. In health, when the bladder becomes filled and distended, there is a consequent desire to empty it by passing water. The voiding of the urine should not be attended with the slightest pain or disagreeable sensations, and the desire to pass it should not be frequent. When there is frequent desire to pass it, or when its passage is attended with pain, there is irritation, or inflammation, in the coats of the bladder, or in the urethra. This may arise from an excessively acid or irritating condition of the urine, as well as from various other causes, gonorrhea, or clap, stricture of the urethra, which impedes the free flow of the urine, enlargement or inflammation of the prostate gland, gravel, and stone in the bladder, are all capable of creating a frequent desire to pass water. Whatever the unhealthy condition may be which gives rise to this troublesome symptom, it calls for prompt and skillful treatment. For the most trivial affections of these organs often pass into those that are exceedingly intractable, if not incurable. The examination of the urine, the urine itself, when subjected to microscopical or chemical examination, as we shall hereafter more fully explain, offers the best means of determining the exact nature of these distressing affections. When normal, the urine is of a pale straw color, and throws down no deposits on cooling. In passing it no difficulty or pain should be experienced, and it should spurt from the urethra in a full, round, and regular stream, until the bladder is entirely emptied. If the stream is forked, checked, or interrupted in any way before the bladder is completely emptied, it is evidence that something is wrong. Stricture of the urethra, prostatic disease, and gravel, or stone in the bladder, are all capable of producing obstruction to the free flow of the urine. How slight ailments become dangerous diseases, as we have before stated, the mucous membrane lining the bladder is reflected upwards into the ureters, lining these canals, by reason of this continuity of mucous surfaces, patients suffering from urethral, prostatic, and bladder affections, often die from disease of the kidneys, it must not be supposed that because stricture of the urethra does not company exist with Bright's disease that the latter may not have been caused by the obstruction in the urethra due to stricture. Pulmonary consumption, for instance, often begins in the form of nasal catarrh, but, by the continuity of the mucous membrane, it travels, so to speak, into the throat, or pharynx, from the pharynx into the larynx, and then into the lung structure itself. The disease is transferred from the nose into the lung tissue, what occurs in the nasal, laryngeal, and pulmonary tract of mucous membrane happens, also, in the urinary tract, a gonorrhea, which is a specific acute inflammation of the urethral canal, leaves behind it a slight gleat, or chronic inflammation of the mucous membrane of the urethra, this may give little inconvenience for a number of years, but gradually it culminates in a stricture, or, implicating the prostatic portion of the urethra, occasions inflammation of the prostate gland, and, perhaps, enlargement of this organ. This gradually gives rise to cystitis, or inflammation of the bladder. From the bladder, the disease travels up the ureters into the kidneys, and finally Bright's disease is established in these organs. 
The mucous membrane lining the bladder also extends through the urethra, throughout the interior of the body, whether it be in the stomach, lungs, or other parts. This lining mucous membrane serves as a protection to the parts beneath, just as the skin on the exterior of the body serves as a protection to the sensitive true skin and the tissues underneath it. The cause of certain distressing symptoms, close to the neck of the bladder is a triangular space, on which the mucous membrane is smoother, and devoid of folds, or rugae, and which is far more sensitive and vascular than other portions of the mucous membrane lining this organ. It is called the trigon vesicle. This trigon is the most depending part of the bladder. If there be stone in the bladder, it naturally gravitates and rests on this sensitive space, so that, when the bladder is empty, the foreign body occasions inconvenience, until the urine, trickling down through the ureters, and intervening between the mucous membrane and the stone, serves as a temporary protection to the mucous surface, hence the pain becomes less as the urine is secreted, until the water is again passed, and the intervening fluid thereby removed, when the stone again presses upon, and irritates, the sensitive trigon, by coming into more immediate contact with it, the greater ease with patients afflicted with stone experience in a recumbent position in bed, or on a sofa, compared with being in an erect posture, is easily explained, the foreign body, when the patient is standing, walking, or riding, falls by its own gravity on this sensitive spot, when in a recumbent position, it rolls away from the sensitive trigon into the back part of the bladder, where the mucous membrane is less sensitive, consequently, the patient suffering from stone in the bladder is more easy at night, whereas, one suffering from prostatic disease, whether it be inflammation of the prostate gland, or enlargement of that organ, is usually worse in bed, how bladder diseases come to be confounded with other diseases, the bladder is largely supplied with blood vessels, lymphatics, and nerves, given off from the same systems that supply the rectum or lower bowel, and in females the uterus or womb, and the ovaries, this accounts, in a great measure, for the symptoms of bladder disease in those afflicted with piles, or other diseases of the lower bowel, or of diseases of the uterus or womb in the female. We have frequently been consulted by patients who had erroneously supposed themselves to be suffering from disease of the bladder, or of the prostate gland, but whom we found, on examination, to be suffering from hemorrhoids, or piles, in these cases, by removal of the pile tumors, the frequent desire to urinate, and all pain in the region of the bladder, are promptly relieved, sometimes, ulcers located in the rectum, give very little unpleasant sensation in the bowel but produce pain in the bladder, with frequent desire to urinate, enlargement of the uterus, the womb, or displacements of that organ, as prolapsus, or antiversion, and all capable of producing symptoms of bladder disease, a frequent desire to urinate and more or less sharp pain in the region of the bladder are usually experienced in these cases, disease of the bladder, in like manner, often produces an apparent disease of other organs through sympathy and without great care in diagnosticating each case, the effect may be taken for the cause, and the patient treated for a disease which does not really exist. The urethra, the urethra, in the male, is the canal extending from the bladder to the end of the penis, through which the urine is passed. This canal starts from the base of the bladder, passes through the prostate gland, and, entering the penis, continues of about uniform size along the under part of the penis until it reaches the glands or head of that organ, where it expands somewhat into a bulb-like fossa, or cavity, and becomes reduced again at the orifice, 
At a short distance from the bladder it receives the outlets of the seminal ducts. The urethra is a most delicate and sensitive canal, and is surrounded by tissues of like delicacy, and is lined with a mucous membrane which is highly vascular, and filled with sensitive nerves. The introduction of any instrument into this canal is to be undertaken only when absolutely required, and when necessary. It should be so skillfully and carefully affected that no pain or irritation can result. The slightest awkwardness is liable to cause an unnoticeable injury, which may result in a false passage, or an effusion of plastic lymph around the canal, which, organizing, forms the most troublesome kind of organic structure. By proper and early treatment all danger and pain is avoided, and a cure effected in a very short time. In an extensive practice, in which we yearly treat thousands of cases, we have never yet failed to give perfect and permanent relief from stricture or disease of the prostrate gland, without the necessity of using cutting instruments of any kind, when we have been consulted before injury to the urethra has been produced by the improper use of instruments, having specialists who devote their entire time and attention to the study of these diseases, we are able to relieve and cure a large number painlessly and speedily, in which the awkward manipulations of physicians or surgeons, whose hands, and trained by constant and skillful use, not only fail to effect any benefit, but set up new, or aggravate existing, disease. The subject will receive a more full and complete consideration in another part of this treatise, the prostate gland. The prostate is a gland of about the size and shape of a large chestnut, lying just in front of the bladder, and surrounding the urethra. The size of the prostate gland varies considerably with the age of the person. In early life it weighs but a few grains. As puberty approaches it becomes larger and in the adult weighs from half an ounce to an ounce. In old age it enlarges considerably, and sometimes presses upon the bladder so as to impede the flow of urine. This condition is often confounded with stricture, gravel, or stone in the bladder. By inexperienced physicians, hypertrophy, or enlargement of the prostate gland, is not an infrequent disease in the adult or middle-aged man, being in close contact with the bladder. When it enlarges it encroaches on the bladder, pressing on it and it has the effect of interfering with the function of urination, as before indicated. Enlargement or hypertrophy of the prostate gland, is often confounded with stricture, gravel, and stone in the bladder, by inexperienced physicians, and treated accordingly. The true condition of this gland is readily determined by an examination through the rectum or lower bowel, the finger of the expert surgeon being able to determine at once whether it is enlarged or not. The danger of bad treatment in disease of the prostate gland, as well as in inflammation of the kidneys and bladder, stricture of the urethra, and many other forms of urinary disease, the use of stimulating diuretics, and the much advertised kidney cures, mucus, and similar preparations, which largely increase the flow of urine, simply aggravate, and do positive harm. In fact, the most difficult cases that we have had to deal with have been those that, through such treatment, either taken on their own account or prescribed by inexperienced physicians, have been rendered so much worse as to make their cases very intractable, and tedious to relieve and cure, require nicely adapted treatment, as we have heretofore indicated, there is no class of diseases that require nicer adaptation of medicines to each individual case, than those of the urinary organs, medicines which, in one stage of these diseases are beneficial and curative, in another stage are often exceedingly injurious, Hence it is that we claim it to be impossible for anyone to put up any set prescription, or proprietary medicine, 
that will meet the wants of a large percentage of this class of cases. The only rational course to be pursued is to examine carefully each case as it is presented, find out the exact condition and stage of the disease with which the patient is afflicted, and then prescribe for it such special medicines as are nicely and exactly adapted to the patient's condition. These, in many cases, will have to be changed from time to time, to suit the ever-changing condition of the disease, as it is modified by the treatment. Not only have the manufacturers of bucus, kidney cures, etc. committed grave errors by prescribing stimulating diuretics for almost all kidney and bladder diseases, under the impression that, as the patient passes only a small quantity of urine at a time, the kidneys should be stimulated to secrete more, but physicians in general practice have been very prone to commit the same error in their practices, when the bladder and kidneys are in a weak and diseased condition, incapable of efficient action the bladder being already unable to dispose of the diminished quantity of urine secreted. It is simply outrageous practice to administer medicines calculated to stimulate the kidneys to perform more work. By being thus forced, these organs become seriously diseased. It would appear most unreasonable to a whip and spur horse already jaded from overwork. Common sense would dictate rest, which always does good, but, as the bladder is weak, the doctor whips up the kidneys with drugs thus endeavoring to force them to secrete more urine, and thereby the poor, crippled bladder, which is incapable of disposing of even the diminished quantity secreted, is actually made to do more work in a diseased and feeble condition, than it would perform in a sound, strong, and healthy state. The results of this pernicious practice are Bright's disease of the kidneys, cystitis or inflammation of the bladder, and numerous other grave maladies, kidney disease diseases of the kidneys are generally very slow in their inception, coming on gradually and manifesting no special symptoms of their presence until they have assumed a formidable character. For this reason they are the more dangerous. Simple derangement of the urinary secretion is no evidence of disease of these organs, as changes in the color, quantity and specific gravity of the urine are often produced by changes of temperature, active or sedentary habits, mental emotion, and sometimes by articles of diet or drink, as well as by the use of different drugs, the existence of disease of the kidneys in the early stages can only be positively determined by a microscopical and chemical examination of the urine, which reveals to us the presence of casts, epithelia, blood, pus, etc. The microscope informs us not only of the presence of disease, but very often of the particular portion of the kidney in which it is located, as well as of the stage which the disease has reached. We are also aided by chemistry in determining the exact abnormal condition of the kidneys by the detection of albumin, sugar, etc. These examinations, by aid of the microscope and chemical reagents, should never be neglected by the physician. Without them his diagnosis, or judgment of the patient's condition, is simply guesswork. With them he is enabled to base his treatment upon certain and positive knowledge of the patient's real and true condition. The usual symptoms of chronic disease of the kidneys but which vary materially with the age, constitutional peculiarities and temperament, are weakness in the small of the back, pains in the region of the lungs and groins, numbness of the thigh on the side of the affected kidney for often only one organ is affected, high-colored and often scalding urine, many times depositing a sediment, sometimes white or milky urine, bloody urine, frequent desire to pass the urine, partial impotency, pains in the testicles and shooting into the lungs, Suppression or inability to pass the urine, gravel, stone in the bladder, dropsical swellings, swelling of the testicles, 
irritability and pain in the bladder, mucus and sometimes seminal discharges oozing from the urethra. When the bladder is affected the prominent symptoms usually complained of are irritability of the bladder, accompanied by a frequent desire to urinate, inability to retain more than a small quantity of urine, and this for a short time only, pain in the region of the bladder, extending into the bath, thighs, etc. Hot scalding sensations in passing the urine, sediment in the urine, and sometimes bloody urine. The appetite is usually diminished. There is a depression of spirits. The urine is often passed only by drops, and is irregular in quantity and quality. Frequent inability to pass the urine at all. In males partial impotency, with dull disagreeable pain in the testicles and irritation of the urethra, attended with mucus and sometimes seminal discharges oozing from the urethra. Some of these symptoms may be present as the result of functional or organic disease of other organs than the kidneys or bladder, and to distinguish them with positive certainty is impossible without the aid of a microscopical and chemical examination of the urine. Bright's disease. This affection may appear in either an acute or chronic form. The acute form is frequently a complication, or sequel of scarlet fever, diphtheria, cholera, typhoid fever, erysipelas or measles and is frequently developed by intemperance. The acute form of the disease is very rapid in its progress, often destroying life by uremic poisoning the retention of urea in the system. The symptoms of the acute form are diminution or suppression of urine, dry skin, chills, thirst, pains in the loins, and a general dropsical, puffy condition of the system, especially manifesting itself in the earlier stages under the eyes, but gradually showing itself in the edema, or swelling of the feet and lower extremities generally, and less promptly relieved, the patient dies of coma stupor, or from convulsions, no person should be so rash as to attempt the treatment of this dangerous affection without the aid of the best medical skill that can be procured, it is the chronic form of Bright's disease that we propose principally to discuss in this article, true Bright's disease of the kidneys is an insidious and most fatal form of organic disease, we venture to assert that less than 1%, of those who imagine they have brights, had this disease at all, we find that most of those who, as one of our faculty puts it, insist upon having brights disease, base their diagnosis upon the ever-changing condition of the urinary secretion, and especially upon the copiousness of the deposit, whereas, in true brights, deposits of any kind are rarely met with, perhaps the form of deposit most commonly mistaken for brights disease, is that known to medical men as the urates. When the urates are in excess they form a heavy pinkish deposit of a flocculent nature within from 5 to 30 minutes after the urine has been passed that island after it has been passed sufficiently long to cool. To prove that the deposit is urates, heat the specimen to the temperature of the blood. When the deposit, 